This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast, episode 67 for this Friday, the 24th of December. It's Christmas Eve and this is the Christmas special. I'm here with a little uh, glass of something in one hand and yes, the tin of Quality Streets in the other. It's great to know, excuse me, you can still get tins of uh, Quality Street these days as well. So, what is coming up on the Clonmel Podcast Christmas Special? Well, we take a look back at some of the guests who joined us throughout the year. Eve Whelan has a song for us, the Mayor has a Christmas message for us, and yes, there's the the outtakes, quite a few of those, the blooper reel. All this and more coming up on the Clonmel Podcast Christmas Special. The Clonmel Podcast. So back in January, when we came back after last year's Christmas break, my first guest was well-known postie Declan Dunphy, who told us about his appearance in a Hollywood movie, Excalibur. A director from Hollywood arrived into our club one night with a producer. In town. In town. Mm. His name was John Borman. And he said, I'm looking for 11 tough guys who can take blows and bells because I'm going to make a film in care and it's going to be called Excalibur. That's right. That was made around this location, wasn't it? It was. That's where we all ended up for, for, I think, three weeks we spent out in care. We were fed, looked after, collected every day. We put on the suits of armour. Can you remember who was in the film? And um, the, what to call it, they were all, would you believe it, they were all um, uh, Shakespearean actors from mm. England. Mm. And um, what's his name in Bracken? They went on their own. Um, what's oh, his Gabriel name? Byrne. Gabriel Byrne <laughs> was one of the main <laughs> stars in it, yes. And um, I know you guys are thinking, this is it, lads. This, this is fantastic. <laughs> uh, John Mormon's daughter was, was in it at the time. And uh, oh, there was a lot, but they were all Shakespearean actors. But... That's where I learned on that set. That's where I learned a lot of camera techniques, sound techniques. And for yeah. someone like you, as you were saying as a kid, buying your first cine camera, you're thinking, this this must have been a dream come true as well. Apart this from the fact of being in it, seeing what's happening behind the yeah. scenes. And we got into a very one very, very funny scene. Now, I'm going back to 1980 when money, when we were offered serious money to make these, this, this film brought out. But because we'd horses were charging at us and we were being blown. But the, the armour had protective gear underneath like they wear now for in full contact mm. competitions. And, um, so lots of padding. Body, lots of padding mm. and everything under the arm. But the suits of armour were very, very heavy. They were very hard to climb up the walls and the mm. to, oh, really. And your vision as you know, it was very... Um, limited. So limited to the little slot. But anyway, we got used to it. But one day he came in, he said, now guys, we're giving an offer of an extra £200. Think of £200 back in 1980. 1980. Wow, yeah. what's that equivalent to now? Anyone that will fall into the moat in the suit of armour after the battle scene. So <laughs> I also remember John Borman shouting, and action! And everyone that got a clash of a thing every night in it, good and bad, fell into the most. <laughs> to get the 200 <laughs> Just get the 200 <laughs> Nights falling all over. So were you in there? Oh, was I? <laughs> but the, then you had to try it. But we had, um, they had, um, uh, what do you call it, a team there to, get, to lift us out. Because once you hit the water, the suit of armour dragged you down. Now, the water's not deep in the mm. moat. Put, you couldn't, couldn't climb out of the whole but thing. But you couldn't climb yeah. out of it. And if you turned wrong, you went down underneath. Right. So that's why the panic came in when everyone fell in together. Like. Loved hearing that story from Declan Dunphy. 
I also got to speak to Anne-Marie McGrath from Nador Wellness Centre at the Butter Market in Market Street. And you know something? I've never been for acupuncture before. Well, there's always a first time, isn't there? Sometimes people might feel something very slight, you know, maybe a slight sensation. It depends how apprehensive and how nervous they are. Um, but in general, it's not a painful thing at all. No. Can you tell me what acupuncture is good for? Um, it's good for everything. So you're going to you're getting treated for pain here, like back pain. So yes. any kind of pain, tension, stress, anxiety, digestion, fertility, women's health issues, men's health issues, anything really, headaches. Okay, so whenever you're ready. Okay. Have you done it already? God, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Emery's about to uh, insert the first one in. There we go. Oh, perfect. There we go. Are they going in, are they? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't feel a thing, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So what does this actually do when you insert the needle into the skin? Um, so acupuncture works on the basis that there are meridians running through the body mm. and that the circulation and the flow of what they call chi, our energy, should be running optimally through the meridians and also um, our bodily fluids like our, our blood. Um, should also be running through the meridians at a good optimum level. We work by putting the needles in certain points to optimise that and okay. then we also use local needling or what might be called ashy needling to free up maybe some tender points that might be locally stagnated and causing a bit more pain. So how long would a session last here? Anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. Right, okay. And would you need to insert money into the body? Um, no, there might only be six or I'm doing a few more on you because as well as doing um, specific acupuncture points, I'm also putting in needles in areas that are just a little bit tender as well. So we're encouraging the circulation and also just encouraging the body to relax, encouraging the nervous system to just relax a bit. I have to say, if anybody's thinking about getting acupuncture and are a bit hesitant about it, don't be because I can't feel anything at all. Yeah, most people um, don't feel anything. Highly recommend it. And thank you again to Anne-Marie. Also in January, I got to speak to Norman O'Regan who reflected on his childhood days growing up in Clonmel. I'm from the centre of the town, okay. down near Oakville Shopping Centre there. Right. So, Big family? We had, there was 12 of us there. Mm. So, like, we were happy, you know, out, outdoors the whole time. Outdoors playing? Outdoors playing. We used to be playing, skipping. Mm. We used to be on, you know, uh, on the roller road. skates. We'd be hiding and seeking, playing betchel, you know, the hopscotch. Mm. Yeah, you would, they all, you get the fathers, uh, tin or brown polish or black polish. Yeah. You clean it out, <laughs> you get a hiding afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you use that, you know, to kick it. And that was great fun, that was. And you uh, used to make the go-karts. Ah, OK. So yeah, you, made, the, you made your own go-karts? Well, we made our own go-karts, yeah. We used to get a bit of timber and a plank of wood. Yeah. And you put it on four wheels. Where'd you get the wheels from? The wheels from, or the pram factory. You used to rob them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd say it just closed down because we were, we were able to get in and there's loads of wheels everywhere. So... <laughs> We were able to grab them and make the so go-karts. good old pram wheels for the go-karts. Yeah. <laughs> the pram factory is only around the corner from us. You know where the 
swimming pool is there. Yeah. That was the pram factory. That was there. the pram factory around yeah. there. So that what is now Mickdale Square around there? Yeah, that's right there, yeah. Yeah. Oh. In by the Garda station. Thank God they weren't <laughs> looking over us. <laughs> Coming out all these pram wheels for your go-kart. Pram wheels for go-karts, yeah. So we had a big stick then behind it, you see, and we push it. Yeah. And uh, we go up here with Road Hill. Wow. Yeah, and, and leave it off. Fly down, down, the, down hill. the hill and straight across the road. But so there were no cars there then. Very little cars. There. You must have got some serious speed coming down that road. Well, you would uh, pick up some no brakes on it on your legs, you know. But isn't it funny when you were a kid back then, you got no fear? No fear whatsoever, no. You wouldn't do it now. You had no fear. You'd be going up, you know, just we didn't see any any, any badness, you know, mm. in anything. And uh, and it was all innocent fun, you know. Mm. Like you play football in the middle of the road and where we were living now was the main road. Right, There's no okay. bypass. Yeah. So the car would come every now and then. Sundays, I'd say Sunday was the only day we used to sit in the wall and count the cars that were passing. Just see how many, pa- I'd say a hundred cars wouldn't pass in three or four hours, you know. <clears throat> just down at the school there, just, that used, we used to play soccer there, you know. And that, yeah, yeah. That's, there and, and when you see a car coming, then we just put the ball in. It's bizarre, though, isn't it? If you think about yeah. it, like when was it? Seventies, around uh, seventy-one or two. I'd say well, I was only about eleven or twelve at the time. Twelve of us there, and four of us got knocked down. What? <laughs> four got knocked down the road. Yeah. Are we okay? Or were they okay? I they were fine. Yeah, but <laughs> just got up again and brushed themselves off. Gas the next door neighbour used to run in. You know, Maggie, there's another one of yours down out the road. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Which one is it this time? If <laughs> uh, today she'd be a millionaire, all no, the claims. All the claims no claims back then. No, no. I do just got up and brushed them. Said they had bruises or made a cuts or just something. Got on with it. And they could have got a box of chocolates off of whoever knocked them down to be delighted. <laughs> These days, you'd be they were guessing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hosta. Kids were so much hardy back then, weren't they? They really, really were. Bulmers has been in Clonmel for many, many years. I took a trip to Dowd's Lane and met up with Paul Lafford to tell us about his time working there. There was a pecking order. You were a casual. You came in, you, they broke your time at Christmas, you were left go at Christmas. Any holidays, for instance, or anything you had built up, you were paid. You end up with a huge pay packet and you were brought back then in February or March when you were needed. They'd normally do the overhaul we say in January so the whole place would be quiet. They only have the permanent staff and as the business ramped up they called back the casuals and then you went through your time as a casual and the day came like I mean when Tom Farrell, Ginger, when uh, Ginger retired I was next in line and I got his job. Ah. That's the way it worked. And once you were permanent, then you got onto the company pension scheme, you got holidays, you had sick pay, uh, the company doctor, Dr. Michael Carey at the time, and, oh, and your prescriptions were paid for. Nice. So if you went down to the You were looked after. Get, oh, my God. You got a Christmas, Mark, you had a turkey and a ham, you got a week's bonus. So every member cider. of staff got a turkey and a ham at Christmas yep. and a Christmas party. When bonus. I first got married, uh, I used to give them the turkey to Caroline's mum and dad, and my own mum and dad in Ballymacarbury, they got the ham. Wow. And that was going on for years. And like, as I said, your, your prescriptions, you went up to O'Reilly's Pharmacy there beside Eason's with your prescription. Uh, anybody working down in the factory, there was a, a man in a car, the shunt man, Sean Ryan. And Sean would collect all the prescriptions and he'd bring them all down again. Really? Yeah, and he'd do the bank, he'd do the post, he'd do all these Brilliant. different things every day. 
I remember hearing a story many years ago about a famous rock star's car being here in Clonmel. That rock star was Mark Boland from T-Rex. And after months and months of trying to find out who the owner was, I managed to track that person down. Patricia Kelly tells us how she became the owner of Mark Boland's Pink Rolls Royce. I'm a Londoner and we were living in London at the time and we saw it advertised in the Sunday Telegraph. And I said to my husband, this one's just for you because it was advertised as a pink Rolls Royce that used to belong to Mark Boland, the pop artist. Yeah, T-Rex. And so he bought it, it was delivered to him. And we also heard that it belonged to a diamond merchant that lived in Liverpool. And then in 1989, we moved over to Ireland. And for nine years, I lived in Mallow in County Cork. And then we moved over to Clonmel here. And I've lived in Clonmel now for over 25 years. So. When you first heard the car belonged to Mark Boland, what was your reaction? Wow. <laughs> I mean, he was very famous in those days. I don't think many young people know him today because he died very young. Tragically, his girlfriend was driving another car with him as a passenger and they crashed into a car. So sad. Uh, very sad. I mean, he was, he was missed. He was a very big star. It's a shame to think that he died by car. He wasn't even 30, he was 29 when he passed away. That's young, isn't it? Very young. young. Give us some insight to the car. What was it like? How luxurious was it? Oh, fabulous. I mean, it had heliotrope lining. What is heliotrope lining now? I haven't a clue what that is. Purple. Purple. (laughs) (laughs) And it's um, pink metallic with white wall tyres and a white um, convertible roof that just collapsed back automatically, you pressed a button, and it went into its um, housing at the back, I suppose, in the boot somewhere. <laughs> so this car was the height of luxury? Oh, it was the, it was the business, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, and everything about it was luxurious. We used to go to glamorous places with it. We went to the south of France, and we went to Monte Carlo, and outside the casino, the doorman there took the chain back where the cars were parked. It's like so a VIP three car, front, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And um, so that we would park our pink Rolls Royce. And in Monte Carlo, there's more Rolls Royces than there are hot dinners. Wow. And um, it stood out wherever it was. I mean, and there was only six of them in the world made. That car now, I believe, is in Nina somewhere and fully restored. Still can't believe that. Mark Boland's car in Clonmel. Love it. Staying with music, I got to speak to a very talented young singer-songwriter from town. Eve Whelan told us about her transition single, and I had a surprise for her. I'm good, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on. I have to ask you first, are we related? Are we? I don't know. My name is Mark Whelan. You're Eve Whelan. I don't know. Okay, who's your, who's, who's your mum and your dad? Who are they? Uh, my mum is Tracy, Tracy O'Malley, and yeah, we're related. Is Andrew? Are we? Yeah, Andrew's my cousin. No way. Yes, yeah, so we're cousins. Oh hey, cuz, great to meet you. Oh my god, I did not know that. That's well. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? what? <laughs> I didn't know that. No. Yeah, I know your mother from old as well. She used to hang around at my, my cousin. God. My cousin would be Rose Farrell, 
and Tracy and Rose were good mates. So I, I do yeah. know your 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 mum and your dad is my first cousin as well. So Andrew, great to meet you, cuz, and great to have you on the Cornwell <laughs> podcast. Oh, great to meet you too. Now let's talk about transitions. What a great single that is. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Where's inspiration for that song coming from? Well, basically, um, it's kind of about the inevitable but daunting changes we all go through throughout our life. Like, especially I took inspiration from how the world is changing so quickly around us, especially since the pandemic and all the lockdowns and Mm. things. I was kind of like, oh, life is kind of passing us all by, you know, so... It's kind of about the fear of letting go of everything you've ever known, especially I wrote from the point of view of since I'm going to college this year and everything was so up in the air for so long. I was like, oh, life is filled with so much uncertainty and I just didn't know what was going on. And I was like, I'm just going to write a song about how I feel and about the changing world. And yeah, it's basically about the inevitable changes we all go through. And yeah. And you can hear more from Eve with her song for the podcast coming up later. Another singer-songwriter from Clonmel is Paul Walsh from Roy Seven. I chatted to Paul about his first ever gig in Clonmel. I was in the East Lane Gallery on Mitchell Street and the the band previously had a different singer, but they recruited me because she went off to Irish College for the summer and they asked me to step in. And I remember going there for the sound check and then I went home briefly because... I have this thing about like if 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 I'm in a venue from soundcheck to performance, I tend to I absorb the mood of the, the the venue, and I feel like if I need if I'm going to perform, I have to be bringing in my own my own mood and my own tone. Yeah. And if I stay there too long, I'll assimilate into whatever's happening in that in that space and time. So I'm not bringing anything different to the audience. So I always feel like I soundcheck, I go home, I have a shower, I kind of refresh, and then I bring my own energy back into the room. Do you know what I mean? I know that might sound ridiculous, but I did this on my very first gig, and I left. <laughs> And they all panicked and thought that I'd gone and I, I freaked out and I was too scared and I wasn't going to turn up for the gig. So all of a sudden they're down at my house and they're knocking at the door I'm like, what's going on, man? You've got a gig in half an hour. I was like, steady on. I'm just getting a sandwich. You know, relax. So, um, so I, yeah, I, I was nervous, but um, I was nervous, but I enjoyed it at the same time. It is like a drug, you know, you get addicted to the idea of performing. And, uh, and to be, if I'm being very frank with you, there's very few things that I can do averagely well. I'm not sporty. I'm not an all-rounder in that sense. Right. And so I think realizing as a teenager that at least I could belt out a few tunes was kind of a relief to me that I had something going for me, you know. And and I think when I realized I could get on stage and do it, then um, I was happy to keep doing it. Around April on the Clonmel podcast, we kicked off a brand new feature. It was originally called Clonmel People Living Away. Rubbish title, I know. So I put the word out there for a brand new title. And Tommy Fogarty, the very first guest on the then-called Clonmel People Living Away, came up with the name Clonmel's Wild Geese. And Tommy, now living in Australia, reflects on what he misses about the town of Clonmel. Um, apart, well, apart from the whole aspect and, and the situation, I miss the sense of humour, Mark. The sense of humour in Clonmel is unique. Because mm. when, the, when, when the slagging starts, my God, they are so funny. They're like a rapier, a knife, and they cut to the bone because, because it's built up over, everybody knows everybody in everybody's history. And when the crack starts, it's, they will remember something that you did when you were seven. And that comes out in the pub when you're 24 or whatever. Oh, it's so funny. Um, I missed that. But um, apart from that, I just missed the whole aspect. People in town, I don't know if, if, if everybody appreciates it, but you have Shreve them on one side and the Conrad's on the other, and that river. Mm. And just the name of Clonmel, what a... Clune Mallow means the, the honey meadow. And that, mm. whenever I hear that, whenever I say that, it brings back to me memories of wildflowers 
in the fields up around Cash Road and catching bees in, in jam jars in the summer when I was a kid. That's a lovely and memory. It, it's, it's a fantastic place, beautiful place. Oh, you caught me dipping into the quality street there. This is the Clonmel Podcast Christmas Special with myself, Mark Whelan, covered in chocolate. And we're taking a look back at some of the guests who graced us with their presence throughout the year. Michael Kiley was a telegram boy at 14. Can you imagine that? Think back. What were you doing at 14? Here is Michael telling us more. When you, when you went to work at that age, you, you, you couldn't say, you'd see all your friends going off to film or something and you couldn't go you know you had to go to work so uh, I went into work and um, they were very nice to me everybody was was grand all the clerks and the telephonists that were upstairs the telephone exchange was upstairs in the post office in Clown Mail and we I became great friends with them all you know can you remember who was there Catty uh, uh, Maddock was the head of the the, the telephone exchange the late Catty Maddock a beautiful person there must have been about 20 or 25 telephonists there. Uh, the postmaster was Mr. Donald Foley, late Donald Foley, nice man. And uh, all the clerks, John O'Mahony, Martin Birmingham, John Kinsella, Paul Gleeson, uh, Seamus O'Doherty, all the, the guys, uh, Chris Hardingham and Miss Halley, who was uh, Margaret Halley, they were all on the counter and they were inside in the office as well. But where, where was the post office then? Uh, in Gladstone Street, where the post house is now. Ah, That okay. was the post office. Uh, we brought the vans up the lane and that. But I was given a, a bicycle as a telegram by. Uh, a bike now that was like cycling on a gate. It was so heavy. <laughs> it was so heavy, uh, the, the bike. But I, every, every week the bike was inspected by the postmaster to make sure the chain was well oiled. It was it was a rigorous uh, regime, but it was good. It was good. In Seems a way. to be, yeah. It, it grounded you, you know. Mm. You, you had to do certain things. Uh, I was sent to be measured for a uniform. Uh, Mr O'Reilly in Cross Street, whose son was a postman as well, Frank O'Reilly, uh, he did all the measuring of the, of the uniforms. And uh, I can always remember the size of my head. <laughs> the hat five and seven eighths he said you have a terrible big head he said you see so we were measured and the farm was as big as it was like filling up uh, a fool's cap page the farm with your, the length of your arm and your leg and all yeah. this stuff so about a month afterwards the uniform arrived so that was made obviously in Dublin in, was it? oh Dublin yeah, yeah. it came from the store was it made here in town? no it came from the store in Dublin and the uniform in those days was very heavy in material. It was like a sack. Mm. Real heavy in the summertime. Not good for your work. Oh, wicked. And mm. uh, you, you, you got a pair of leather boots, real leather boots. that had to be shining because you were inspected every week. Your uniform was inspected as well, you know. So uh, I put on the uniform anyway, and, uh, the cap. And of course, all my friends saw me going down the street and I was going to work. And, they were all laughing at me. A bit of slagging going on, I'd say there, Michael. <laughs> they were all laughing at me. But, uh, you were given a number then as well, like uh, the number, uh, a badge number, which would always be related to you as your uniform. And my number was T3 uh, on the Telegram 3. The, in years gone by, there was four or five Telegram boys in Clown Mail. Marie McMahon from the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History also joined me for a chat. 
and told us about her previous jobs, especially one where she used to work in Dunn stores in Oakville. So I had an eclectic mix of um, jobs. And before all that, I worked uh, as a butcher when I was 15. Um, a butcher? A butcher in Clonmel. Was it a trainee butcher? Were you training up to be involved? I wasn't going to involved? be a butcher, no. no. I just, it was a summer job. <laughs> it was great. And I also, I put my, um, well, Frank and Sheila O'Keefe that used to own the, the Crescent stores. Yes. They uh, took me in to work at weekends while I was in college. So I worked in the bakery. Great shop, very busy shop. Oh, fantastic. And still is. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, I really enjoyed it. I have to say working with, with, with the guys and the staff were all fabulous. But I worked in Dunn's all the way through my secondary school. Dunn's, life as which well. one? In Oakville. Oakville Shopping um, Centre? So I was in was that the when it was a small, small Duns? Small Duns. Remember it used to be very narrow, narrow aisles where they yeah. done it up that time? Absolutely. I remember one day spilling um, TCP on oh. the gr- two bottles on myself and they wouldn't <laughs> allow me to go home and get changed. <laughs> Let's face it, that smells at the best of times, oh. doesn't it? TCP. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. So then I progressed to the, to the tills and... Um, that was such, I just loved being on the tills. It was just amazing meeting everybody. When you were on the tills now, was that? Oh, there's no scan. It was, you, you, typed you had to in type the in the numbers. You typed in the numbers and you, i never forget Christmas, the mm. weight of the turkeys going over onto the conveyor belt that never worked. <laughs> they, that's never right, worked. they never did work. Never just push, can you push that up, please? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not surprised people have repetitive strain injury on their shoulders and elbows and arms. Um, it was great fun and um, lots of people, lots of friends of ours all worked there. We just had, it was just great, great crack, you know. Hard work, but good fun. Fierce hard work, mm. um, but great meeting people and like people giving in the coupons and there was butter coupons at the time and, you know, just, just different times, I suppose. I suppose each era has its, has its moments like now you have COVID and everybody has their, me- will have their memories of that. Um, I mean, who would have thought your days in Dunn to be now self-service? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who would have thought that? Not in a million years. I think it would be quite funny if somebody got Maria a bottle of TCP for Christmas this year. Bring back old memories. For some reason, my dad kind of splashes it on like aftershave all the time. And you can hear more from Marie on our bloopers, the outtakes, coming up later. Marie mentioned Dunn Stores. In the 1990s, a new store came to Clonmel. That store was Super Quinn. And here's Stephen Kearns telling us about when he used to work there. Yeah, Super Quinn was brilliant. I think it was 94 opened in Clonmel around that time. I would have said 94 because I was in there when I was 16, 17, so I was 96. What did you do there? Every every job. I Mm. went from bakery to uh, the floor, working on the floor, uh, to the warehouse, Everything and that was great. That's what a lot of people did when around or kind of do different jobs, you know. So that was the best thing about there, like so. Good company to work for, Super Quinn. Brilliant company, yeah. They yeah. were in fairness because I said the, the social scene back then was so good, and everyone was friends, and no one didn't get on, you know. Everyone and even new people came in. Everyone was kind of welcomed in, and like we had, you'd have different managers every year from different stores. Cause they oh, get, really? Yeah, yeah. They get they wouldn't last long. They'd only stay for a year, maybe two years. That was part of the company policy where they moved them around. Move they around, circulate them. Circulate them all around. So you'd always have someone new, oh. which is great because new, fresh face, fresh ideas, a bit, of, bit more crack maybe out of me now. So yeah, no, the, the staff were brilliant down there. And there was that thing too, wasn't there, where we got the free sausages and the free this, and I think, was it every week for, I think, a month or something, and yeah. it was free this or free that coming yeah. out? and you go around getting your pints and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, and that was, that was the, the fun part of oh, every, uh, people coming in looking to gain pints, and, oh, I saw a mistake here, and you know, there was deliberate mistakes, and there was other stuff not deliberate mistakes, but uh, we used to get people 
I had to work in, let's say, the provisions aisle, which is all the fridges. You'd have to go in at six o'clock in the morning and take away all the out-of-date stuff. Right. Before, obviously, he has to take it off the shelf anyway, but before someone found it. Right, yeah. They get 100 pints. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So somebody found an out-of-date yeah. tub of butter, say, yeah. they would get 100 points yeah. on their club card. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't realise that. that kind of so you probably had people going in around the store looking. Oh, Did you, really? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Anything wrong, if there's a pricing wrong or a label not right, not right. But they'd done a delivery some things just to give people points, you know, a bit of crack to walk around and you'd see something wrong. If there's no one on a till, you yeah. get 100 points or stuff like that. And the store was round, wasn't it? Store was round, yeah. I think round, it was the yeah. first in the country, was it? That was yeah, the round it was, store? Well, I think it was one of the first in the country that done it that way. And it was a good way of doing it. You walked around, mm. went from the grocery to the fish, the meat and everything, and back around to your other Yeah, I remember there. the meat counter was a, a big counter too, wasn't oh, it? Oh, huge. It was a lovely huge. section there as well. Yeah. Fabulous store. So good good times working in Superquin. Yeah, I said the social scene was brilliant because you had your canteen nights, which were... Yeah, canteen nights? Canteen nights, yeah. What's a canteen night? Basically, the manager is dressing up and singing and dancing and, <laughs> and everyone just sitting around having... In the canteen? In the canteen. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, in the canteen, so they decorated up. That was a couple of times a year. Yeah. You'd have your Christmas parties, obviously. Wow. You'd have your summer events. You know, I mean, they were legendary. Were they Christmas parties, Stephen? I you can't know, talk about can't them. can't talk about them. I was too young to remember everything that went on there anyway. So. But the Christmas parties were... Because they were good, because you'd have everyone there dolled up and, you know, ready to go, and partners and everything there, and, and all the managers and everything. So they were great times, yeah, great times. The good old days of Superquint. Don't you miss that store. Another Clonmel's Wild Geese guest to join us on the podcast was Bianca Canan, now living in the UK. Bianca told us about her favourite place in Clonmel. I have lots of favourite places, but one of my main favourite places is definitely St. Patrick's Wells. I love that walk. I love Marleyfield. All that area, just it's gorgeous. You can feel how old it is just walking down the road there, you know. Do you wash your feet in the well? Oh, well... The last time I was there, a man offered me a shot of well water. <laughs> I had really? shot glasses in his pocket. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm grand, thanks, today. I'm fine, but I might come back another day. <laughs> I might need a shot of well water. I just thought, no, I need to be up to date with me jabs. You don't know what's in water these days, do you? Mind you, it's fairly clear out there, isn't it? I was talking to uh, David Fannery. He's a guy who, who looks after the, the well there. He's right. on a previous podcast. And he was just saying the amount of people who do take the water home and, and drink the water, especially very, very good for you. Wow. You know, oh, I might has have healing properties. Yeah, honestly. And people do actually, mm-hmm. you know, wash their feet with the water. I don't know if they do it in the well, but I think they take the water home, put it in a basin yeah, and because, wash their feet. Hang on a minute. Wash your feet in the water. Would you like a shot of the water? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. He's got bunions. She's got athlete's foot. <laughs> but they're gone the next day. Because of the magic water. Yeah, miraculous. It's like Clonmel's knock, isn't it? It is. It really is, you know. <laughs> the pilgrimage to St. Paddy's Well, I love it. <laughs> There's a, an idea right there. We should get on that. The, the pilgrimage to St. Paddy's Well. Oh, listen, sign me up. Where's my sign? Take my money. <laughs> oh, yes, the wonderful St. Patrick's Well. I can see that pilgrimage happening as soon as COVID finishes, of course. And someone selling little kind of, you know, St. Patrick's Well trinkets outside on a stall before you enter through the Big Iron Gate. In the summer, we had a brand new mayor elected, and that was Councillor Michael Murphy. Yeah, so look, I'm absolutely thrilled. A very proud day for me and my family. I was delighted almost exactly two uh, weeks ago on Tuesday, the 29th of uh, June, when my colleagues on the uh, Clanmel Borough District Council 
put confidence in me to be mayor for for the next uh, 12 months you know mark i'm in public life now um a councillor since 2009 13 years it's taking me 13 years to be mayor and when i started out uh, and speaking honestly it was always my ambition to be mayor of clonmel and i say that having been chair of tipperary county council and indeed other achievements i've uh, had in the political sphere as well being mayor is a great honour and like I said having my family here uh, Tuesday two weeks ago a very proud day and of course I follow a, a strong tradition back here in between 1910 and 1920 my late grandfather sat on the former Clonmel Corporation at the time my late uncle Matt Slater was mayor of Clonmel on three occasions and I specifically want to mention Matt because you know he was one of my mentors probably introduced me to to politics and also to mention another former mayor another former mayor indeed on three occasions uh, Sean Sean Nyan uh, very much a mentor of mine as well so a very special day for me so much history associated with the mayorality uh, and it was so great that it was a physical meeting because we have so many you know zoom meetings now mm. so, many high, so to have that AGM physically here in this uh, historic chamber with my with my family present was indeed a very proud day for me and the mayor has a Christmas message for us coming up later on on the podcast Now, as you may or may not know, I just love crisps, especially O'Donnell's crisps, because they're local and they are, of course, yummy. So can you imagine how excited I got when I took a trip to Seskin Farm, the home of O'Donnell's crisps, just outside Clonmel in Kilsheelan, and got to speak to Kate O'Donnell, but also try their new furrows. Mmm. Yeah, this is mature cheese and red onion flavour. So people will already be familiar with our flavour, mature cheese and red onion, uh, which is our number one uh, product, our most popular product, our most popular flavour. But now with the furrows, it's a a premium crinkle cut crisp. So the texture is totally different. So uh, I'll open the bag. Open the bag there. Get the smell. You've got to do the smell. Yeah, give it a little shake. Oh, look at that. Oh, my God. Um, so have a go. Okay, so we'll get a nice, nice big crisps in there too. Oh, look at that little handful there. Yeah. I love the ones that turn up at the edges as well. I love those crisps Lovely. when they fold up. Let's try these. Yeah. And what you find with the crinkle cut crisp is because of the waves of the crisp, there's more flavor powder on there. You see? So when you have a flat crisp, you get a certain amount of flavor powder. But with the crinkle cut, there's a lot more flavor powder landing on that crisp. Oh, wow. So Mm. it's even more powerful, the flavor. Yeah. Excuse me, you really get the flavors coming through, don't you? You really do. Come on, Kate, dig in there for your crisps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They are gorgeous. They're out now. Uh, The furrows. You have the furrows in um, mature cheese and red onion and the cider vinegar and um, sea salt. So they're doing really well. They've literally just hit the shops and there's huge talk about them. They won't be limited edition. They will be there long term. Um, We have great um, high hopes for them. They're going to be available in the um, 125 gram sharing bag and the 50 gram impulse size bag as well so um so far we've had massive reaction and they're really really lovely the idea of the furrows i've got to ask you yeah yeah the name so people who may not be from a farming background may Mm. not know what a furrow is please tell us yeah so a furrow is what what a farmer when the farmer is planting potatoes in the field he plows furrows in the field so if you can imagine a huge field of furrows so 
that's where the idea came from. Is it like the little dips up and down, yes, up and down? Yes, like the it? waves yes, up yes. and down, the furrows in the field or the ploughed waves in the field preparing for potato planting. So that's why we call them the furrows because they look like a furrow, furrows in a field. Well, they are delicious. And as you were saying, they hold more flavour. Yes. And available too in salt and vinegar. Yes, 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 yes. Our two best-selling flavours. So, and they are amazing. They taste really, really good. People who are familiar with the flavours will already know them, but these texture is totally different and there's a lot more flavour on it. So, yeah, people who like Crinkle Cut will like these. Still taste them now. Gorgeous. In September, I was joined by a real hurling legend, Tipperary's John Lahey, who shared some memories of his playing days. I miss it a lot. Um, I suppose going back looking at it I, I enjoyed it I always loved the build up mm. I always loved the week before a match um, uh, if I could get anything back in my life is to sit in a dressing room again with the Tipperary jersey ready to be handed to me and you know kind of value that those moments because I, 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 I suppose I do value them an awful lot um, I would like to think that every day I went out I'd done the best I could Um I, you know, I've, I loved the booze of the dressing room. I loved, you know, the, going off on the bus the day before. We used to travel the day before. We might go down to Cork or to Limerick or up to Dublin and you're getting the gear ready before you go. You're, you know, you have the hurleys ready. You have all that ritual of it and you're going away. And I myself and Declan Ryan, I used to always love Declan Ryan's company. We were always great friends and we still are. And, you know, Declan probably had a calming effect on me announced to himself. He was a very cool man. Um, and uh, I suppose, you know, waking up the morning of a match is always big because the tension is high. You have, by that time, supporters have been around the hotel and just to be talking to and you'd be talking to them. And, you know, we got to know people. I think today, and today now our players are a bit cocooned, they're a bit isolated from supporters, which is a pity because it, it is an amateur sport. We have life, every player have a life outside of it. But like the dressing room, the nothing for me, I suppose, beat the adrenaline rush of kind of getting ready and to be ready to have the gear, the togs, the boots, the early, the last minute checkups, uh, the final speech ready to go out onto the pitch. Like there's and then I suppose you're 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 waiting for that crowd, that noise. It's just I think it's a bit different back then than it is today because we had no real warm ups. We went out and we might have a half a dozen hurling balls I'd say and we'd be you'd be busting to get a ball to hit one. Declan O'Keefe from Summerhill Drive, now living in California, was another Wild Geese guest on the Clonmel podcast, and he told us about his favourite place in town. Other than Phil Carroll's, you mean? <laughs> Other than Phil Carroll's now, Declan, come on. Um, well, the Narrow Street, Mitchell Street, so my, my nanny and granddad, um, they lived there, so... They lived in, I think it's Kelly's Corner now. The, the yeah, the shop, yeah. And going back years and years ago, they had a, they had an ice cream shop there and then later it, it became I think the trophy centre where you could buy your plaques and trophies but anyhow God I remember that, that. I actually remember I remember the trophy shop yeah yeah so so behind the shop and then the two floors over it that, that's where my nanny granddad lived and I spend a lot of a lot of time there and of course every time you go downtown there was you drop in um, and so yeah I, I, the Mitchell Street and just just, just, just it was always a nice atmosphere um, around that part of town but I mean other than that I mean, the town centre, I was like just walk, walking around, you know, in the old days, you do the laps, you'd Dalson Street through the Quinsworth, 
<laughs> shopping center, out through the back through the car park, back into the Connell Mall, and you you know you go do that lap all afternoon. That was a Saturday. Um, that was a Saturday sorted then, wasn't it? Back that then? was a Saturday ritual. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of other places, I and mean, of course, Summerhill Drive. That's yeah, that's that's my favorite bar. That's where I grew up. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of places. The Cross, I love Kerry's Castle, um, St Patrick's Well. Yeah, lot 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 of, lot of great places. Come on, put your hands up if you've done laps of the town through the O'Connell Mall back in the day as well. Yeah, mine's raising just to see who was out and about on a Saturday afternoon. We had nearly 50 guests telling us their stories on the Clonmel podcast this year, and I thank each and every one of you and look forward to hearing more next year. By the way, you can hear every single podcast episode on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. Right now, though... Here's a Christmas message from our mayor, Michael Murphy. As mayor, as Clanmel's first citizen, can I take this opportunity to wish you all a Merry Christmas and the very best for 2022. I'm sure, like me, you're looking forward to the festive season. The last 12 months have been really, really challenging. A pandemic that continues to impact on what we consider to be everyday normal life. In that context, I again want to thank our frontline workers who over the last 12 months have been fantastic in terms of the role they play in protecting us all from this virus. I want to thank you also for shopping locally uh, over the Christmas period and to appeal to you again as we head into the new year and throughout January to support our family-owned businesses in our prime retail area within the historic heart of Clanmel. Avail of the excellent retail offering, the superb choice, value and quality that's available locally. For those that are away and for whatever reason can come home again this Christmas, I in particular want to send you a special Clonmel welcome. I'm sure you have family and friends here that unfortunately, given the COVID situation, that you cannot physically visit and we're thinking of you especially over the festive period. Community spirit has always been strong in Clanmel. I know by supporting one another, we'll prevail and emerge stronger than ever. Again, Merry Christmas and all the best for 2022. Thank you, Maya. Right now, it's time for a bit of music from a very talented young singer-songwriter who I'm proud to say, and I found out on the podcast, is my cousin. This is Eve Whelan. They keep out of bay Love is the light Scaring darkness away I'm so in love with you Make love your goal The power
protect you from the hooded claw Keep the vampires from your door When the chips are down, I'll be around With my undying death defying love for you Envy will hurt itself Let yourself be beautiful Sparkling like flowers and pearls and pretty girls Love is like an energy Rushing in, rushing inside of me with the old Frankie Goes to Hollywood hit, The Power of Love. Now, as you can imagine, with the Clomel podcast, there are quite a few outtakes. And trust me, they are. We call them bloopers, mostly coming from me. Here's a quick selection of some of the outtakes throughout the year. Maybe you're on one of these as well. I've come to the Clonmel Poppy Fields. I'm outside Maxi Zoo and I'm speaking to Mary Williams from Clonmel TNR. Hi, Mark. How are you? Mary, how are you? <laughs> we'll do that again. <laughs> Trap new to Thank rescue. You. Trap new to return, oh, TNR. <laughs> Trap new to return, rescue's coming up. Okay. I've come to the Clonmel Poppy Fields. I'm outside Maxi Zoo and I'm speaking to Mary Williams from Clonmel TNR. Hi, Trap Mark. How are you? <laughs> One more time. I'm kind of thinking a garage maybe who might have uh, even a trade-in somewhere that's in lying in their garage that's yeah. in decent condition. And maybe they could donate to the Clomocanoe. Maybe they could donate to the Clomocanoe. <laughs> this is going on the outtakes. <laughs> maybe they... <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Maybe, maybe... <laughs> It's worse when someone puts their hand over their face. It makes you laugh even more. I've come to the Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen at the railway station. I'm here with Ina Doyle. Ina, after months of putting the call out for a brand new van for the soup kitchen, you got one. We got one, yes. Yeah, woo! Got a beautiful white 191 van, which has been refrigerated as well which is a complete bonus and we're absolutely delighted. It's fantastic now. Then I'd like to thank Jenny Hannigan from Panic Healing, Panic <laughs> Healing Charity. <laughs> and I'd like to thank the- I'd like to say a big thank you. I'd like to give a big thank you to Panic Healing Charity Ireland. Sorry, just going again, I can't stop laughing. Sorry, you can. And I want to say a big thank you to Panic Healing uh, Ireland. Charity. Charity Ireland. Go again. I'd like to give a big thank you to 
Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, go. <clears throat> what is it again? <laughs> so, here we go. go. And I'd like to give a big thank you to uh, Pranny Keelan Charity Ireland for their fabulous donation. Yay! Okay, so Aoife O'Driscoll and you're from the Parents Presentation Council. Yeah, the Parents Council <laughs> Presentations Primary the Parents' Council Presentation Primary School? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so uh, Parents' Presentation Council Primary School. No. The Presentation Primary School <laughs> Parents' Council. The Presentation Primary School Parents' Council. Yeah. I'm now joined by Aoife O'Driscoll from the Parents' Presentation... <laughs> I knew I'd get that wrong. I knew yeah. it. Take one. I did get it wrong. Yeah. Parents presentation. The, so the presentation primary school. Presentation primary school. Parents council. Thanks. Thank yeah. I'm now joined by Eva O'Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> the presentation primary school. No, the presentation, presentation primary, primary school. school parents parents council. council. Yeah. Simple. How do I get that right? Okay. Parents presentation. Pre presentation. Primary school. Primary school. Parents, parents Council. Council. Presentation Primary School Parents Council. I'm now joined by Aoife O'Driscoll from the Presentation Parents Primary Council. Is that right? No! The Presentation Primary School Parents Council. Jesus! The Presentation Parents Primary Council. No! The Presentation... So, the Presentation Primary School. Presentation Primary School Parents Council. Yes. Okay. Because Pres school first and then add on the Parents Council. Presentation... Primary School. Primary School Parents Council. Presentation <laughs> Presentation Primary School Presentation Primary School Parents Council There we go Presentation Primary School Parents Council Let's See if I get it wrong Presentation Primary School Parents Council Thank you I'm now joined by <laughs> I need a script <laughs> This is so bad And if we go back right to the beginning So what year would this been, have been built do you think? 1943. <laughs> Characters from the museum have escaped. Yeah, um, we've had a roundhead, Petronel and uh, Father Nicholas Sheehy. They're all gone. They're gone out of the museum. I don't know where they're gone. And how did this happen? I don't know what's after happening. They've just escaped out of the... Out of the... Dis out of the... Out of the... Box! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to retake again. Right, team one, chat one. Six, Marie, everything okay? Mark, I can't believe it. My seven Jane were just locking up today and the those characters are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, that was me. I do apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's why I never make it in this that's why I never make it in this business. I'm telling you. Okay, I've got it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> from Yoga Walks Ireland and I'll be taking Mark on a yoga walk in Marleyfield Woods uh, for this week's Clonmel podcast. This young bit was a bit... Uh, no, the end bit? This, uh, this Friday. This Friday's Clonmel podcast. Uh, but that was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that was very...
atmospheric. Yeah, I know. This is your last. Sorry, last turn. take now. Come on. Last otherwise, you throw you in the river. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just have to add fry it. No, you have to yeah. do the whole lot. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Grounding. Hi. <laughs> yes. I can see how they. Yeah, you can see. Yeah. 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 Hi, my name is Carly. I'm from Yoga Walks Ireland, and I'll be bringing Mark on a yoga walk in Marleyfield Wood, Clonmel, for this Friday's Clonmel podcast. Yay! I've come to Buckled Wheel in Feathered, and I'm joined by <laughs> David Henderson, of course he is. I'm joined by Eamon O'Malley, curator of the Sofa System. I can't even say it. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm a bit of a lisp, and I have to say it like, I mean, Jesus. Like, oh, why did I come up with a title that I. <laughs> I'm joined by James Sweeney from the. <laughs> I'd say it's been a long day. <laughs> I've come to an Adore Wellness Centre at the Button Market. <laughs> <laughs> Can't speak. <laughs> I do hope those bloopers brought a smile to your face as much as they did to mine. So there we have it. That is the Clormel Podcast Christmas Special, episode 67 for this Christmas Eve. To all the guests who came on the podcast to tell us their story and also to highlight an event. I thank you. You are the true stars of this show. To the listener, thank you for tuning in to the podcast week on week. That means so much. And on that note, there's just one final thing I would like to do as I reach over, move away the quality street, but raise my glass to you. Whether you're at home here in Clonmel or around the world listening in to this podcast, I would like to wish you a very merry and safe Christmas and a happy new year. And I'll speak to you again in January when the podcast returns. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast. The Clonmel Podcast.